Welcome to Thrive Podcast. Here, you'll find our weekly sermons, songs, and different other types of content. Subscribe now so you don't miss a thing. Today, we're going to see Romans 8, starting from verse 18. Let me just read it through in, uh, 18 through 30. I don't like to take like one verse and speak about that. Not that there's anything wrong with it, as long as, long as it's informed with the whole counsel of God. Uh, because we've seen a lot of people misquote scripture and go into areas where they shouldn't, right? So I'm not going to speak uh, all, I'm not going to talk about all the, the scripture we're reading, but it's, it's good to give us context and also it's good to know uh, the heart of the message. Um, this is the word of God. This is not the writing of Paul only. This is a Holy Spirit inspired word of God. Starting from verse 18 says, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set from the bondage of corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves. We have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inward as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this we hope we were saved for in this hope we were saved now hope is that is seen now hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees but if we do not see we wait for it with patience likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the spirit himself intercedes for us with a groaning too deep Forwards, And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn born among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Amen? This is the word of God. Yeah. So this is the scripture I want us to see together today. Uh, it starts off with, For I consider their suffering, uh, that the suffering of this present time, is not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed with us, right? How many of you guys suffer? I know the word suffering is a little bit tough, right? And in comparison, we have it good. Up north, people are dying. There's a war going on. And there's no winning in wars. It's just loss. And Compared to them, it's hard for us to say we're suffering, right? 
yet we all suffer. Regardless of the extent of the suffering we are going through, right? But Paul is saying this, I think he's writing it from prison, if I'm not mistaken. And he's writing this to the Gentiles in Rome, whom he had not seen. And he's writing to them, I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. He's writing this as Christians are being killed. They're, they're, they're being killed like sports in Rome. A lot is going on. A lot of suffering for the sake of Christ is happening. A lot of people are being martyred. And he's saying it's nothing compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And what is that glory that we await? And who is it promised to? Right? As we live in this world, there's suffering, there's a lot of loss, there's death, there's sickness, there's war, there's loss, big or small. There's a labor that is not as fruitful. Work is not a curse, but uh, like everything, because of sin, everything is martyred, uh, marred, right? Because of what happened in Genesis, remember? Adam and Eve ate the apple or the fruit. And God cursed Adam, Eve, then the, the Satan, then creation. Right? So that the soil would not give in as much fruit. That as Adam had to work so hard. Work was a blessing. It was, it was a thing before the fall. It's not a bad thing. But the work that we experience is not the word that God said it is good in Genesis. Because of our sin, because of Adam's sin. And that's what he's talking about. Since Adam, we are suffering. And sometimes we don't really know that. It's just like, yeah, that's just life, man. The sun wasn't supposed to burn our skins. Lions were not supposed to eat us. I know it's silly, but... That's just what the Bible says. In Genesis, everything was good. People were not supposed to kill people. There was no war. There was no hatred. Everything was good. And God saw and He said, it was, it was good. But because Adam and Eve, because they wanted to be like God. Now this is the key. Of the problem they had. They, it's not the action of eating the fruit. It's the action of wanting to be like God. Because that's what the devil said. If you go in and read your Bibles later on in Genesis 3. That's what happened. They said, the devil came and said, Oh, if you ate of that fruit, you will be like God. You will know the good and evil. And that's, that's appealing, right? And I know we would say, oh man, I would never eat that. You know, if I was in, in uh, Eden, I would never eat that. But how many times are we trying to overthrow God in our lives? Right? We want to control. We want to uh, have our destiny in our hands. We tell ourselves, oh, if I just work enough, if I just, you know, 
pursue this thing enough that I can pursue, I can get it. Even our self-confidence in of it itself, it's, it's sinful in a sense. Does that make sense? I'm not saying just be like, oh man, I'm just stupid. I'm not saying say that. But even our drive and ambitions, they're a little bit sinful. And that's what the, what, what the Bible says in James. Uh, he says, you are tempted by your evil, evil desires to be like God. And that's what brought the fall. That is, has, that is what has brought the suffering that we see. And unless that has been, that, that, that gets um, returned to the, its place, nothing, nothing we do will ever really matter. I'm not saying let's just sit on our hands and wait. No, I'm not saying that. We can make change. But the true and ultimate change, the true and ultimate perfection and glory is not by us. Does that make sense? You could be the best social um, justice warrior, but you'd still not bring the effect that you want. You can go be engaged in war. You can go be engaged in all the things that you want, but you are not God. And the problem lies much more deeper than just, oh, if just people loved each other. Oh, if just people, you know, have good energies. It's beyond that. Because we've seen, we've seen countries who were educated. It's not education. We've seen countries who are rich. It's not poverty. We've seen countries that are intellectual. They would still do some horrendous things. The problem is sin. The problem is what happened in Genesis. People wanting to be like God. You see, we see that throughout the Bible. When people want to be like God and God does not give His glory away, suffering happens. Suffering happens. But there is hope. Amen? There is hope. I'm not here to scare you or to make you cry. But I feel like hope is better realized in light of the suffering. Does that make sense? You, we most recognize the light when we have been in the darkness. Sometimes we have been in the darkness all our lives and we really don't know anything. We, we, it's like the fish in the water. We, don't, we can't really fathom a, a place or a time where everything was perfect, right? Because we've, all we knew was war, all we knew is suffering. So we just think that's just the way of the world. Survival of the fittest. It was never like that, you guys. Suffering is not what God intended. So we see through Christ, all is being changed. By the fault of the first Adam, sin was brought into the earth. And because of sin, all these bad things we see happen. But the second Adam, that is Jesus Christ, he did all the laws that God requires. And he finished it all. He, he, he accomplished everything. And this is what Christ has done for us. He gave us his righteousness for those who believe in him. 
he gave them the rights to be called sons and daughters of God. And in the times we think, oh, like, oh, I just need to clean up myself. Even as Christians, you guys, I'm not talking about people who don't know about Christ. As Christians, we are sinners. There is much more sin in our prayers, in the way we engage in prayer, Lord. We are so self-righteous. That's why I think Isaiah speaks of, oh, my righteousness is like a filthy rag. We think that the, 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 the holiness or the, the right things we bring is ple pleasant to God. I tell you this, you can be a good person, but you still go to hell. God's standards is far beyond ours. You cannot, you can maybe not lie, you can maybe not cheat on your boyfriend, or you can maybe, you're, you're a decent person compared to others, but God's standard is much higher than that. And when we think, oh, I can, I can, I'm a good person, well, what are we doing? We're putting ourselves the same way Adam and Eve did in the, in the place of God. God was the one who says, it is good and it is bad. But they wanted to be the persons who said, oh, I am the metric. I want to be the metric of what is good and evil. I know, I'm a good person. God's standard is too high. And no one can accomplish that. And because of that, God himself, Jesus Christ, came down on earth. And he accomplished every standard. He is the only person, human being, who never sinned. The only person that does not deserve death died on the cross for us. And by his death, he won righteousness for us. Because he took on our shame and guilt and our, all our everything. So with that comes this hope now. Now this hope is of salvation. If we put our trust in this Emmanuel, the God that is within us, that came to us, who died on the cross, the message of the cross has power. So when we believe in Christ, there is glory to be achieved. Amen? That is the glory that awaits. It's not glory given for everyone. No, no, no. We have to trust in God, Christ. It's only through Him. Christ says to, I think it's in First John, uh, no, John 14. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So we cannot please God. We cannot, there is no other, it's not about religion, it's not about which, there's no other way. There's one thin rope, and that is Christ, that we go to heaven. Someone asked me once on TikTok, and I talk on TikTok. I'll give you a moment, judge me. I'm a, a bit of influence on myself. <laughs> but this, the, he's actually, um, a cousin of mine, and he, he went in the comment section and asked me, A.B., but don't you think it's like God or salvation is like a, a mountain, he said. It's such a beautiful example. Wrong, but still beautiful. Right? He asked me. 
it's like a mountain and the, it's like we are all trying to get to the top, right? He's like, yeah, okay, I'm following. I'm not affirming, I'm just following, right? And he said, so maybe some people go from the north, some people go from the south, some people go from the east, and you know, maybe some people just parachute, like COD. And I'm like, what? That is not what the Bible says. There's only one way. There's one thin rope that leads to that top. That is salvation. That is union with Christ. That is union with God. And no other way. It's just simple as that. So to achieve that glory is through Christ. And it speaks of that, and, and that is not yet realized, of course, because there's always, you know, there's loss still, right? There's going to come a time when Christ comes back again. He's going to make all things new. And that is the hope that we await. As church, it's good to be engaged in social justice. It's good to be engaged about the environment. It's good to be engaged for the gender equality. Let's get rid of all that. But that's not the end of it. We've seen um, what was the the countries that like the genders are the most equal. Scandinavian countries, right? If I'm not mistaken, they still have problems, you guys. It's not misogyny that's the problem. They still have sin. They still have a lot of crime. They still struggle. There's still death. They still get sick. There's still cancer. And that is not normal. So the glory that we await is only achieved through Christ. And starting from verse 19, it says, Even creation awaits. Even creation, the, 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 the leaves and the trees and the sky and, and the global warming, they await eagerly. They want it all to be changed. With us, they, they eagerly await the, the revelation of the sons of God. That's us when we are fully glorified with Christ. So it says in verse 24, it says, For in this we hope, in the, for in this hope we were saved. And hope is not something that you see, right? It's something that is just plainly simple. No one hopes something that he sees. I see Mikey and I was like, oh, I hope Mikey comes. That's just what you mean. He's right there, right? So for me to hope Mikey brings my leather jacket because which he did. Thank you, Mikey. He, he shouldn't be here, right? Yeah. And so what? What, what does that mean for us, A.B.? Okay, we get it. We need to hope. And we still have suffering. And what do we have now, right? Like, okay, there's hope to, to, to get there. We, we need to, there's glory that is coming where there's no death. There's no um, problems, right? There's no war. So what about for now? What does God have for us? Or is it just, we just have to wait patiently? Is that, is that what it is? If you see in your Bibles, starting from verse 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. 
for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So we have been given, as we believe in Christ, all of us, we've been given this Holy Spirit that inter intercedes for us. Because, mind you, I prayed this, the dumbest prayers ever. There were a time that I didn't even know God existed, but I still prayed. I was like, I didn't know where to look at. I was like, should I look at to the east because the sun comes from the east? Or is it the way, you know, it was stupid because that was how silly I was because I didn't know. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know what to say. Have you ever been in a place where you know you want to pray, but you you can't pray? You don't know how to pray? It's, in, it's intimidating because you see when you come to church and there are people that who know, you, you just look at them, they, oh man, they know what they're doing. The way they just speak, it's like, but that was just silly of me. I felt that way. I still do sometimes, especially when I have to pray in English because, <laughs> man, that's hard. But we have the Spirit that knows what we need and that knows what is the will of the Father. Because I can pray, Lord, give me a Maserati, right? Like, what's the best car, Mike? Give me. That's it, right? And it might not be the will of God for me, meaning it might not bear fruits, a good fruit for me. So I might pray it, it might not happen because God knows what's best for me because he's a good father, right? And he won't kid me. So there's that aspect of it. So if I pray and I don't really know, so, um, so maybe I shouldn't pray. No, no, pray, pray. But there's a, a comforter. The Holy Spirit that prays in our weakness. In times that you are in pain, in times that you really don't know, in times that you're doubting even His existence. If you believe in Jesus Christ, the Spirit groans. And then the most famous verse, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Right? All things are going to work for good. Amen? It's going to be alright. All things. That's in inclusive of everything you've been through. It could be a trauma. It could be an abuse. It could be a loss. It could be something that you're going through right now. This is the hope that the Bible gives for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Because those he those whom he foreknew, he predestined them to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among the brothers. And those whom he predestined he also called. And those whom he called he also justified, and those whom he justified he also glorified. Amen. So I hope that encouraged you. I hope that you feel the suffering that we're going through. Sometimes it's not good not to feel the suffering, right? 
we feel like it's faith. Oh, like to be indifferent. No, that's not faith. That's, that's mental illness. You need to feel what you're going through. Deal with it biblically. You know who don't feel pain? Crazy people. Being stoic is not biblical. Being like, oh man, macho man. No, that's not biblical. Feel it. Go through it. And bring it to God who can heal. Bring it to God who can save. And look onto Christ. That is where healing is. Don't put on another layer in your onion heart. No, actually tear it down. Open up. Pray. You might look stupid. Yes. But he is faithful to hear. The Bible says those who come to God first have to know that he exists. And second, have to trust that he will answer to those who ask of him. Be expectant. I feel like sometimes having been hurt a lot of times, you'd be like, I think it's better not to expect from people, you know? That's just the better, best route, right? It is. If you don't expect anything, you can't be disappointed. Expectations are the worst things, right? In relationships, in family, in school, you know, if you just don't expect and you're just being, yeah, you know, okay, sada, sada, you know? But that is a, a really miserable way to live life. Be expectant. Hope there will be a better day. And that hope is in Christ, nowhere else. Hope that there will be a time when you will see your loved one that are in Christ. I hope that encouraged you guys. Um, let's just pray. Father God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for speaking to us, to our hearts. I pray that you lead us and encourage us and help us pray, Lord, most of all. Help us have communion with you. We want to know you, Lord. We don't know how to pray as we ought to. Holy Spirit, thank you for being with us. Thank you for, for praying in our behalf, for interceding for us. We love you. We cherish you. And as we sing the Lord, Lord, as we sing, Holy Spirit, come. And as we sing, there's another in the fire. We know your presence is amongst us. For nothing can take us away from your love. And we thank you, Lord. Be glorified in all this, we pray. Amen.